at Jared. We know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillis go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux-leading women. So I guess not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle Cat. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Brait. What is up, Skull King Nation? This is Greg Talcott coming to you a little bit later than usual um, on this Tuesday evening uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, the AFC and the NFC East. And today we will be focusing on uh, the Miami Dolphins and the New York Giants. Uh, the Dolphins uh, had, a, had an excellent year last year. Uh, I think by all accounts, I actually, in looking at their schedule this year, I see them uh, taking a step back. I, I don't know why I can't get my arms around it, but I can't see them going much better than six and ten. To be to be quite honest with you, um, this year, I think last year is kind of uh, the pinnacle of what what you would see, um, you know, from the Dolphins. And I don't know that there was enough done or or change in the off season. Uh, to make a difference to that. So either Ryan Tannehill is going to take that step forward uh, and become a quote-unquote elite QB, uh, or I think the Dolphins face the potential for uh, regression uh, this year because I think as, as a whole, teams around them improved more than, than they did. <clears throat> so with that, you know, where do these guys fall in your fantasy football draft? Well, Ryan Tannehill, if you ask me, is basically the grilled cheese sandwich of quarterbacks. What do I mean by that? I mean, grilled cheese is one of my favorite foods. I mean, I've lived off of it for, for many years, right? Uh, grilled cheese sandwich can, it'll fill you up. It'll it'll do the job. You can add some bacon to it. You can add some ham. You can get fancy with some of these grilled cheese sandwiches uh, that they're doing in some restaurants these days. But your basic grilled cheese is just going to kind of get you through the day, right? And Ryan Tannehill is kind of that if you're a fantasy football owner. He's going to get you through the day if you need to start him. He is definitely not somebody that you're going to draft uh, for your fantasy team, but he is somebody who can play for you in a pinch in a favorable matchup. So um, it's very hard to predict when that is, uh, unfortunately, for, for Tannehill. I mean, I think uh, you look at a guy who's going to give you right about 4,000 yards, sub-30 touchdowns, and double-digit turnovers. So he's in the mix with a whole heck of a lot of other guys. So you're kind of looking at, like, you know, what's around him to make him that much better. And so, you know, if a Devontae Parker uh, were to to step up more, um, if you're going to look at Kenny Stills, maybe improve more and do more than he did uh, did last year. I mean, and if, uh, if a Jahi can 
I guess, be a little bit more even performer than he was last year when he it was really feast or famine with him, um, whether you're the Dolphins or a fantasy owner. Um, if those things can happen, then I think Tannehill takes a step forward. But I just don't know. He's just not going to do it on his own. This is year six. You would have seen some progression by now, and what he's been is very, very even and very steady throughout his career and what he's ultimately producing. Um, so Jay Ajahi uh, is being drafted, of course, as a, a number one running back again, I think, this year. Um, I I don't agree with that. I don't think he's a legit number one running back. If you look at last year, he had three 200-yard games. Two of them were against the Bills, and one was against, I believe, the Steelers, if I'm not mistaken, which in all cases that really seems a little bit shocking considering the nature of those defenses, their coaches, that he would run for 200 yards in those games, but he did. But other games, it was it was a lot of, you know, non-existence. I mean, he was basically in the witness protection program to start the season. The first four games uh, of the year, I mean, you didn't hear a, a peep from the guy hardly. You know, there was a couple touchdowns, but yardage-wise, he was non-existent. So, Jay Ajahi, uh, I am not on that bandwagon. I think if he is your number two, that's great. So, you know, something like that could happen if you're picking towards the bottom end, um, you know, of the first round if if you get him as your number two guy. But, you know, ultimately, if he's your number one, I would be ultimately a, a little bit concerned. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I saw enough last year to suggest that he is going to be an even and consistent performer as you go into to this year. You level out a couple of those games, and you're basically looking at more like Frank Gore level performance. Um, you know, at this point in Frank Gore's career, you know, if you subtract the, the fact that he's unlikely to have three 200-yard games next season. Uh, looking at the wide receivers, Jarvis Landry um, certainly is the kind of the man as far as the, the wide receiver core is concerned. Uh, you know, with Miami, uh, he's improved a little bit each year. Um, you know, he is not somebody who's going to get into the end zone, so his, his ultimate value is definitely within PPR leagues. He's going to get you um, the 1,000-yard the season, and he's going to get you the receptions, but you can't necessarily expect a lot on touchdowns. Anything that you get over, like, say, four or five touchdowns in the season is a huge, is a huge bonus based on what we've seen uh, with Jarvis Landry. Um, so I think Landry probably falls is about, I mean, I think he, you'd have to consider him about a two, but you would love him at a three when you're looking at your wide receivers. He's definitely not a number one when you look at fantasy football, um, you know, in, in the season and ultimately what you need to win. But if you can get him as a two or three, then I think you're, you're, you're pretty solid because you know what you get each week. You get some potential bonus if, or, or at least the potential for a bonus uh, if he rushes the ball. Uh, you do have uh, the potential for return touchdowns as well. Obviously, he's only run, uh, he's only rushed once for a touchdown. He's only returned one punt for a touchdown, but at least that potential is there that you wouldn't otherwise have uh, with your your other wide receivers. Uh, Devontae Parker, lot of potential there. I mean, not a lot of receptions. I mean, last year, uh, only 56 receptions. That really needs to grow this year. Uh, if Tannehill's going to take that step forward, and if for Parker's going to be concerned, concerned anything like a, maybe a level four wide receiver, I think you can't possibly draft him uh, going into the season. But he is a guy who could be, you know, playing significant, you know, WR4 time, 
for owners this season just because of you know injuries, underperformance, whatever it could be on your roster. You know, Devontae Parker at some point this season could evolve to be that guy who's your your number four guy uh, every week, or maybe your flex guy, or whatever. However, your your league may be set up. Uh, so I wouldn't start the season with Parker, but I would like to pick him up off the waiver wire. And the the same goes for Kenny Stills. Uh, Stills actually had more touchdowns than Landry and Parker combined last season, so I find that kind of interesting. Uh, he might be one to watch to to jump on uh, right away on the waiver wire if if he shows any flashes early on. Uh, um, and then maybe he's going to take that next step and more solidify himself is the guy in Miami because as much as Landry has been the the safety blanket for Tannehill, you know if there are other options that he could consistently go to, Landry could see that step back, and one of these other two guys could take that that step forward. So that's pretty much what I'm looking at with the Miami Dolphins. Julius Thomas, as far as I'm concerned, shouldn't even be considered. Guys, two good years in the league. Those were both with Peyton Manning. And if I hadn't mentioned this before about grilled cheese sandwich Tannehill, he's not Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning would be your your finest cut of beef uh, from the finest steakhouse in town. And Tannehill is a grilled cheese sandwich. So you can't possibly, possibly expect Julius Thomas ever replicate what he did. He's not getting 12 touchdowns uh, in the season. Uh, the guy's never played a full season. Uh, so he is a waiver wire consideration um, at best. Switching over to the NFC East, the New York Giants. Uh, the Giants, I have going nine and seven this year. Uh, I guess I could see maybe ten and six. The Giants are hard to predict. Um, you know, I guess I'm no good at predicting the Giants when they when they win the Super Bowl. It's not the year I projected them to to do well, and when they suck, it's when I project them to do well. I just can't figure it out. Part of that is, of course, the uh, the most uh, maybe the most loathed uh, two-time Super Bowl champion in history, um, which is is Eli Manning. I mean, the guy's numbers. If you look at him over his career, he's he, at the end of his career. You're gonna look at it, and it's gonna be is Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame? And it's like, yeah, he pretty much is, but it's like the worst way ever to like get there. It's like he's going to have the rings and ultimately the numbers are going to pan out, but it is a lot of ugly, ugly play. Um, so odds are what you're going to see from Eli is 25 to 30 touchdowns and you probably get give or take 15 interceptions. I mean, his career low in interceptions is 10 in a full season and that was in 2008. Okay, so Obama's getting elected for the first time and that was Eli Manning's career low in interceptions. I don't think it's going to suddenly progress from there. Now, the, the Giants realize that their window, uh, you know, is closing faster than J.C. Penney's stores uh, at malls across America. So they have really put everything into trying to get over the hump right now. They bring in Brandon Marshall, right, and get rid of Victor Cruz, just dead weight. So, of course, the Bears signed him. We know that, right? It's a great play, Bears. Um, and then uh, they go and they draft um, uh, Evan Ingram at um, tight end. Uh, to, I think, give Eli everything he could possibly have outside of a consistent running game. Um, the running game is obviously going to be the biggest issue, again, for the Giants this year. Maybe Paul Perkins stands uh, out uh, and, and really earns that role and can become a frontline running back. Um, otherwise, I mean, you're not going to look for the, the veterans like uh, you know Shane Drone or, or uh, uh, Vereen to 
to suddenly become a, a feature back. They do what they do. So you either have some young guys who step up or Paul Perkins is a guy, but either way, you have to have some questions on the Giants running game. So that, again, puts all of this on Eli, which means that you as a fantasy owner are going to see those turnovers happening. You're going to see the Eli Manning face each and every week, and you know you may or may not be making that same face that week. So Eli Manning probably doesn't get drafted in most leagues. You know, if you're in a ten or a ten team league, probably not in a twelve team league. Maybe at the bottom, uh, he's the the twelfth quarterback. I, I would guess in that spot, but he's probably not going to crack anybody's top ten. Though, arguably, I would. I, I don't like Russell Wilson, so. I could see myself taking Eli Manning White over Russell Wilson, who I would never draft. Um, so Eli, um, you know, again, we know what we're going to get out of him. What are we going to get out of the, the, the true stud on the Giants, Odell Beckham? And I think you're going to get basically what you've seen the last few years. I think he's going to give you another 100 reception season. You're going to give or take 1,300 yards receiving. You're going to get your double-digit touchdowns. So I don't think he's going to have any let-up. Um, I think Brandon Marshall fits in where he fits in, and part of that is going to have to be Eli being more efficient as a product of having better weapons around him to work with. Um, I don't know that Marshall is a 1,000-yard receiver anymore. Maybe he is, and if he is, and you can't judge him based on what he did with the Jets last year because the Jets suck, right? And nobody's throwing him the ball, uh, and he still was relatively uh, productive. So somebody's at my back door. Hold on one second. actually a pizza delivery uh, so anyway I'm sorry for that horrible horrible delay I'm sure that didn't help our ratings at all uh, anyhow uh, what I was looking at uh, this year uh, with with Marshall Sterling Shepard Shepard had a great year as a uh, as a rookie last year eight touchdowns um, I think really um, outperformed a lot of people's expectations. I think you could see him stepping forward. Obviously, Manning already has some chemistry for him. So I don't think, I mean, Marshall starts the season as the, the number two guy, but I don't think Shepard wants to necessarily give that up uh, too easily. So maybe they push each other. Maybe that helps the offense overall, uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think if you look at Shepard and Marshall, whereas, whereas Odell is a top ten pick in every, in every league, um, you look at Shepard and Marshall as guys who could legitimately spend a fair amount of time uh, playing this season as, as a number four guy uh, on a lot of rosters. Are they going to get drafted? That's the question. You're taking an inherent risk um, in drafting those guys when they both might produce, say, 700, 800 yards, and maybe they produce six to eight touchdowns. Those numbers are, are decent if you catch them in the right weeks, but it's not necessarily something that you want to draft. So they could spend a lot of time at that number four position for people, depending on how you know the season plays out. I think they're guys to look for on the waiver wire if they're not drafted, and, and I think there's probably a 50-50 chance that they're they're both drafted uh, in your league. One of them should be available, um, you know, at the end of the day. Um, the 
the first round pick that the Giants took was was with Ingram um, at tight end, and I think ultimately uh, the Giants. They need to fill that hole. When they are at their best, they generally have a decent tight end, um, you know, in there. Obviously, they didn't think Larry Donnell was that guy. Uh, of course, he was very uneven performance in the, in the last couple of years, as fantasy owners may know. Uh, you either caught him on that magical week or you, you got you got burned by the guy. Uh, so maybe there is, um, you know, maybe there is that, that extra weapon that Manning needs for the, the Giants to be successful. But what we have to remember is rookie tight ends, you know, rarely produce. And if we were going to look at a rookie tight end who we would think is going to be in, in big production this year, he isn't necessarily the first name uh, that would come to mind if, if we're looking at drafting. Uh, I, I might look at, frankly, uh, Shaheen from Chicago uh, if, if I wanted a rookie tight end who, who's more likely to set the world on fire um, than necessarily Ingram is. And that's just more a product of look at all the other weapons there are. There's Marshall, there's uh, there's Beckham, there's Shepard. Uh, you have backs who can catch the ball like Vereen. So there's only so many balls where you go to a rookie tight end in that system. You look over at the Bears as lousy as they are. You look at Shaheen and the physical marvel that that dude is and his potential with a bunch of castaways that you know, of wide receivers from other teams that don't have very good wide receivers. Um, so uh, that's how I would see the Giants playing out. I think they, you know, they're in that dog fight to win the division at the end of the season. I think the NFC is could be the, you know, maybe the most contested division uh, there is this year, um, you know, in football with as many teams as there are, you know, that are, are able to compete. I think the Redskins are going to be in the mix. Uh, the Giants are obviously uh, right there. Uh, and, of course, the Cowboys are still sitting on top until somebody knocks them off. Um, you know, the only team I don't really think that's going to be a threat uh, to any of them will ultimately be Philadelphia. Uh, so with that, uh, I'm going to call it a night. I'm going to go eat this pizza that just got delivered, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys tomorrow. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.